0: Every week a lot happens in Parliament. Debates rage, bills are discussed and laws are introduced. So it's easy to feel like you don't quite know what's going on in the chamber. So we're lifting the lid and telling you exactly what happened this week in Parliament. This week we saw more action on the Brexit internal markets bill, a BBC transparency bill and excess delivery charges discussed. In the first item today, we look at something that's cropped up in this week in Parliament a few times before, the Internal Market Bill. This bill tries to protect and allow goods to flow throughout the UK, importantly to and from Northern Ireland. This takes power away from the EU and is in direct violation to the Withdrawal Agreement, which means that the bill, in effect, breaks international law. For those of you who remember, the House of Lords actually voted to remove the parts of the bill that broke international law. We covered their opposition in an earlier episode of This Week in Parliament. The government, though, made clear that they intended to simply reinstate the clauses of the bill that the Lords removed, and this is something the government are legally allowed to do. Once they'd done this, the Lords would be allowed to vote it down again and commit something called double insistence. But then we're really getting into the complicated territory of constitutional theory, so we'll leave that one for now. Anyway, on Monday, the government did exactly what they promised they'd do they added the clauses right back into the internal market bill that break international law. In fact, this disagreement with the Lords was made abundantly clear before the Minister had even risen. Listen to how the Speaker introduces him.
1: In accordance with paragraph 3, the amendment is therefore deemed to be disagreed to and is not available for debate. We will begin with the government motion to disagree to Lord's Amendment 1, with which we will consider the Lord's Amendments and motions listed on the paper. I call Minister Paul Scully to move to disagree with Lord's Amendment 1.
0: So it's been made really clear that the government disagrees with the Lord's. Paul Scully MP, the Parliamentary Undersecretary for Small Business, Consumers and Labour Markets, then stood up to explain where the government specifically disagreed
1: with the Lords. Thank you Madam Deputy Speaker, I beg to move that this House disagrees with Lord Amendment 1. It's a bill that allows the continuing smooth functioning of our UK internal market at the end of the transition period. Our approach will give businesses regulatory clarity and certainty and ensure that the cost of doing business in the UK stays as low as possible. And it will do so without damaging and costly regulatory barriers emerging between the nations of the United Kingdom. So he seems to think that it's
0: vital to protect British businesses and protect the integrity of the United Kingdom. The former Leader of the Opposition and current Shadow Secretary of State for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, Ed Miliband, appeared to disagree. I have to say to him, I have enormous respect for him, but I did feel I was listening and living in a parallel universe when I heard, when I heard him uh, this, this, after, this, after, this afternoon. This bill has been absolutely savaged in the other place. It has been absolutely savaged, not just on international law but on devolution uh, as well. Not just by opposition parties, not but just by crossbenchers, not simply by the former Lord Chief Justice or the Archbishop of Canterbury, but it has been savaged by the heart of the Conservative Party. Yep. Lord Howard, Lord Haig, Lord Clark, Lord Cormac, Lord Lamont, Lord Barwell, the former Chief of Staff to the right hon. Member for 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 me the the honourable gentleman laughs from a sedentary position he may not consider him uh, exactly a conservative but he is a conservative uh, uh peer nonetheless the debate ended with a vote the results of which were a majority of around 80 for the government in effect this meant that all of the controversial clauses were reinstated however despite all of the controversy and embarrassment caused to the government over the last few months in relation to the internal market bill the government ended up dropping the controversial clauses anyway, the very following day. So it must have felt more than slightly annoying to the minister who had to defend their reintroduction for the better part of the day, just for the government to turn around and remove them again themselves. For our second story today, we come to the BBC Transparency Bill, which was proposed as a 10-minute rule bill. A 10-minute rule bill is a quick way of bringing new legislation in from non-government sources. According to UK Parliament, it's a private member's bill that allows backbench MPs to make their case for a new bill in a speech lasting up to 10 minutes. From this point, it's then decided whether the bill should progress to the next stages. If you want to know more about how laws are passed in the UK, then you can check out the video he made on it quite some time ago. Anyway, let's get into what this specific bill is about. It was introduced by Conservative MP Alan Cairns, and his basic reason for bringing the bill to the house was, in his words, increased transparency will help the BBC respond to ever-increasing demands from the public. For those of you who don't know, three-quarters of the BBC's funding comes from a licence fee that most households in the UK have to pay. Thus, Cairns is arguing that people deserve more accountability from those who spend their money. A key issue that was raised was the suspicions of the regional disparities in BBC spending and how this could be addressed through encouraging greater transparency. Cairns also spoke of problems such as the regressive nature of the licence fee, the criminalisation and decriminalisation involved in seeking out those who haven't paid and other controversies involving the BBC. Having said all this, Cairns was keen to make clear that he was wanting to support the BBC and the new director general, and hope that the bill could benefit all involved. I pay tribute to Tim Davey for the changes he is making. Stronger guidance on social media activity and on outside interests, as well as establishing a judge-led inquiry on the Panorama interview. All these are welcome, but we still need to revolutionise the BBC's transparency culture. This bill is intended to support Tim Davie bring about change, to help the BBC regain the confidence of the public and to secure the very best value for money across all its activities. The bill has in fact passed the next stage and will get a second reading on January 15th. In the third story today, we cover something that appears quite niche to start with, that of excess delivery charges for places in rural Scotland. The debate was opened by Douglas Ross, the leader of the Scottish Conservative Party.
2: And I beg to move that this house has considered excess delivery charges in rural Scotland, a very far-flung place. But this is uh, an issue that affects many of my communities uh, in Moray, which while being a rural constituency, this is an issue that also affects the city of Inverness, the capital of the Highlands. So while we see rural delivery charges, it has a big impact on many urban areas uh, as well. Now, you don't need to be an expert in geography to know that Murray, the Highlands, and Aberdeenshire are all part of mainland UK. They are part of the mainland, yet we are often charged as an island community. Murray is attached to the rest of the United Kingdom in the same way Highlands and Aberdeenshire are, yet we are faced with charges because some companies don't believe we're part of. Uh, mainland United Kingdom. Now a recent paper published by the Scottish Parliament's Information Centre estimated that shoppers had paid an extra £43.1 million for parcels uh, to be delivered in 2020. People go round and round in circles trying to claim money back for the extra charges Uh, and indeed in one case a constituent complained that he'd been hit with an additional charge of £60 for delivery of a package that weighed less than a pound. I held this debate three years ago on the 20th of December 2017. Uh, I remember the date very well because it was my wife's birthday. So I now have 11 days to uh, look forward to making sure she gets the right present for for this year's birthday. Uh, And I'll be making sure I buy local in Murray to uh, avoid any excessive delivery charges but by having this debate at this time of year once more, we can again impress on the minister and any businesses or couriers watching that this practice has gone on for far too long. We have suffered for too long in Murray and parts of the north of Scotland. For... It's
0: therefore clear that Ross is not a fan of the surcharge and we very much hope that it won't affect the cost of his wife's birthday present if he does decide to buy it online. Anyway, the minister then stood up and explained that delivery costs should be upfront and clear on the retailer's website.
1: I know that he has been a doggy champion for his uh, constituents in Murray on this and a number of other subjects. And Delivery charges are part of the underpinning of trade within the UK. So I've got a lot of sympathy for the concerns that the honourable member has raised that some consumers in part of Scotland are charged differently from consumers in other parts of the UK and I also recognise that similar issues uh, exist for consumers in Northern Ireland. The government's aim in relation to post is to secure a sustainable, efficient and affordable universal postal service. With regard to delivery charges specifically it's crucial that retailers are up front about those charges. Where they deliver to what they charge and what, if any, premiums apply. The minister also
0: made clear that part of the responsibility laid with the retailers themselves.
1: Clear, It is up to businesses to respond to customers' needs and determine the most appropriate delivery options for their customers. There are no rules to prevent the differential charging between businesses for deliveries. I don't believe that, for example, necessarily imposing a price cap is a practical answer. Clearly
0: then, as with most Westminster Hall debates, this issue has been made clear with the relevant minister, but little change will come from this single debate on its own. If you want to be updated with what happens in Parliament next week, be sure to subscribe to the channel, or if you prefer to listen to the weekly update, then you can subscribe to the Daily Briefing podcast feed, where you'll find a daily summary of the week's news, and every Saturday, This Week in Parliament.